0: Yo, yo. Hi, Brad. Welcome to the Brett and Spencer show. <laughs> How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you doing? I'm
0: fantastic. Thank you for asking. So uh, we don't have a... We, we just really have two sports to talk about, right? Or do you have baseball?
1: There is no... Yeah, no, there's nothing of note for baseball, really. I mean, people are, like, opting out of their contracts and stuff like that, but, like, that's nothing really noteworthy. Like the Todd you know? father,
0: yeah. Like the Todd father, big shame. Sadness, pain, all the. <laughs> um Okay, cool. So, yeah, just hockey and then uh, basketball then. Um, I'll make hockey really quick, and then we'll uh, hop into that good old trade deadline. Do you have? Do you happen to have all the trades in front of you? Because I do not.
1: I was going to ask you the same thing, like if you had a good if you had like a good list. I have ESPN and I think they have everything Okay, yeah, that's what I'm pulling so up right I, now. Okay. And then yeah, figure just start with the um the deal on right trade at twelve twenty six AM and then just scroll up and like hit each one, like go back and forth
0: uh yeah yeah that works yeah i think, I, I I think, think that on.
1: should be all of them i'm with you now okay
0: yeah let's do that <laughs> cool um okay cool so um i'll just hop right into it you know what we could just use that as the intro because that was fantastic um oh my god oh my god <laughs> welcome back to the uh Brett and spencer show again uh just starring Bretton spencer yeah it's just uh who and i okay <laughs> spence
1: Yeah. Yeah. And this is honestly, this is peak performance for the podcast, as we all know. I mean, peak performance for Top Cheddar in general. Oh, I agree. I agree. He's always (laughs) the best
0: rating. (laughs) Yeah. And and like, uh, it's just a chill, we're just, it's just a chill environment, you know? We're just going to wing it. We vibing. Yeah. We're vibing. You know, we're (laughs) going to talk a lot of NBA today. And then um, I am going to quickly just get everybody caught up on... Uh, what's been going on in the frozen 4 uh but that'll be very brief so let's just start there Let, let's just get hockey out of the way yeah
1: yeah let's do, let's do it okay
0: so as everybody knows the men's frozen 4 has um started it is currently in progress um there have been covid issues as as with every sport so far uh Notre Dame it started with them they had to drop out of the tournament before it even started which gave Boston College uh, basically a free pass into the uh, regional final. And then Michigan, another Big Ten school, also had to drop out before they played their game uh, due to COVID. So that gave Minnesota Duluth a pass into the regional final. Uh, We know one of the matchups of the Frozen Four, which is being held in Pittsburgh on April 8th, and that is UMass against Minnesota Duluth. This is special simply because this is a rematch of the last championship game that was played uh, back in 2019, as there wasn't one last year. And uh, Duluth won that one. And so we get a little rematch here in the Frozen Four. This is both teams. Well, this is Duluth's fourth straight Frozen Four, Spencer. Imagine making four straight Frozen Fours. Um be like making a final four, four years in a row. It's pretty damn impressive. Um, and they, if they win the national title, will have won three straight national titles and they'd be the, the second team ever to do that. Uh, I think Michigan did in like the sixties. So a lot That's of crazy. that one. Um, and then on the other side, we know St. Cloud state, they won their region and they will face the winner of Minnesota versus Minnesota State, which is happening as we're recording this, and that will be your Frozen Four. Um, the one game I do want to note and touch on was last night's game between North Dakota and Minnesota Duluth, which went five overtimes. I <laughs> get two stayed up for the entire game. That's right, I did. Um, yeah. Do I regret this decision? I don't, but um, it was it was an entertaining game. I mean, Spencer, this game had everything. It had literally in the third overtime, Minnesota Duluth's goalie was getting cramps just from standing and playing so long. They had to switch goalies and bring in their backup for the remainder of the game. Oh, my God. Um What? Duluth was up 2-0 most of the game. North Dakota scored two goals in the final, like, minute 30 seconds uh, with their goalie pulled to tie the game and send it to overtime in the first place. So that was pretty cool. Um, then in the first overtime, we thought we had the game winner, but Minnesota Duluth ended up being offsides by, like, an inch. It was very close play. Um, let's see. we had We had a player get ejected. We had a puck hit off a goalie's blocker. And fall behind him right on top of the net. Uh, just so much, so much craziness in that game. It was a fantastic game, and again, the longest in NCAA tournament history, and the second longest game ever um, in NCAA. So, history made already this year in the tournament.
1: And what's so like awesome about it is that because hockey is kind of unique in the fact that. Like, it's first to score. Um, I guess football's kind of like that, too. But, like, I don't know. Hockey's so much quicker. And so, like, it'd be like if basketball was, like, next team to score is the winner. Like, that would be absolutely insane. So, I, while I'm not the biggest hockey fan here uh, with Top Mm Shredder, I can say that there's very little that I find more exciting than overtime hockey. Oh, yeah. So, the fact that it went five overtimes, I can only imagine.
0: Yeah, and I, like we were so we were we were gonna do a double dribble specific for uh, the trade deadline last night. But I literally <laughs> I messaged the group because so it was two nothing Duluth, um, and then this all happened right when we were supposed to like start. And mm-hmm. That's when North Dakota scored those two goals in the final minute thirty, and I was like, I'm a North Dakota fan, so I was like, I I literally like I will not be focused if we do this. And thank God we did postpone that because if I was like, let's just (laughs) wait and see, you know, there's just one overtime. Oh my God, the game did not end until like two in the morning. Uh, So thank God we, uh, we postponed that. But yeah, incredible stuff. So that's going on. And then the last note for hockey, I don't have any NHL notes, but the NWHL finished their season with the Boston Pride winning their second Isabel Cup defeating uh, the Minnesota Whitecaps. And um, they are the first NWHL team now to have won multiple cups uh, with their second there. Um, It was a good game. It was a kind of a back-and-forth contest, and then Boston kind of pulled away there at the end. Uh, This being played on NBC Sports Network, it was the, again, these games were the first ever uh, nationally televised professional women's hockey games in the usa ever so that was pretty cool and um jillian dempsey is your isabel cup mvp she scored the game-winning goal the captain of the boston pride and spencer fun fact for you with her she actually named the boston bruins mascot when she was like eight years old they had a con no shit pick the name and she named him so all full circle now she plays for the boston pride That's awesome. And yeah, that'll wrap up hockey. Um, Yeah, again, Frozen 4 will then be April 8th and the 10th. Um, That is over a week away. So I will touch on that next weekend and kind of give more of a preview. But for now, let's uh, get into a historic NBA trade deadline. The most trades ever on a deadline day in NBA history.
1: Yeah, how many trades do you know the number off the top of your head? How many did it end up being?
0: You know, I think I saw it was, like, 16 or 17. Um, okay. But it was, like, a record for, like, the – I don't actually think it was the most trades. It was, like, the most players moved because uh, there was oh, a large, you know, trades and, like, three-team trades and all that. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, um, why don't you uh, go ahead and uh, take the reins there?
1: Alrighty, let's let's get into it. So obviously we've got the deadline, but then we also have we the buyout market to address, and, and what's been going on there. So we'll touch on that as well. Um, but yeah, let's get started with trades. First trade that went off, uh, probably a, a lesser trade, but the Detroit Pistons trade Dion Wright to the Sacramento Kings for Corey Joseph and two second round draft picks. Which honestly, I was kind of surprised that Dion Wright was able to fetch that. Uh, He was a guy who, when I knew that the Sixers were looking for guard help, I was actually, and I knew he'd be available. I figured he would be a fairly cheap option. Um, And granted that is still uh, fairly cheap, but that was somebody that I was kind of thinking that maybe the Sixers could make a move for instead of going after like Lowry. Um, But yeah, I'm this, this trade for me, I'm pretty confused by it. I, I don't really understand like what the Pistons or Kings like, goal is in life and so kind of just a nothing trade to me
0: yeah i i i agree with that i always question what the pistons and kings are kind of doing uh just in life you know as a franchise like i don't really understand what the the mission is but um you look at sacramento you know this seems like a buying move and they're i mean four games below 500 and looking like what three games out of a playoff spot at the moment. So maybe they think they can squeak in. Maybe, you know, that's what they're going for. But at the same time, um, this isn't a big buy. So like, if you're really trying to make the playoffs and go bigger than that, right. I I didn't get it either. So we're in the same boat on that one.
1: Uh, do you just want me to move on to the next one, or do you want to go back and
0: forth? <laughs> How do you want to do it? Yeah, I guess we didn't discuss that. Um, yeah, so next, um, so the Nuggets have their backup <laughs> center uh, to the Joker in Javel McGee. Uh, they get him from Cleveland for some center that's not important, and uh, two, two second-round picks. So one in 2027, which <laughs> is, pretty, <laughs> is pretty nuts to me, uh, but i I mean, it's legal teams can trade that far in advance, but like it's just kind of funny to me how they traded a twenty twenty seven second round pick but um, yeah, I like this move a lot for the nuggets uh Javel McGee's always a player that i I like in the fact that he's just an energy guy, he's not really a he's not a skilled guy, he's really not good at anything to be honest, but he brings energy off the bench and he can block some shots, get some rebounds um so I think. You know he's obviously with a the Joker there, who plays a ton of minutes. He's not going to get a lot mm-hmm. of minutes to begin with, so I think it's kind of a perfect fit there in Denver.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, he's he's a, he's a perfect backup center. Like he's just perfectly fine for a backup center, and uh, like this is just a this is a win-win in, in for both teams, in my opinion. Cavs get some like draft picks and a young center, and you know, it's not like McGee was going to help them like win a championship or anything. So it's not like they're really losing anything of value there. Yeah. Um, the next one, this one might've been for me, one of the more surprising trades. Uh, the magic traded Nikola Vucevic and Alferic Aminu to the Chicago Bulls for Otto Porter Jr. Wendell Carter Jr. Two juniors and two first-round picks. Um, Vucevic was a guy who I literally thought was going to be on the Orlando Magic, just doomed to be on a team that like could never get their shit together for the rest of his career. Mm-hmm. I did not see him. I did not see them trading him whatsoever. I kind of thought that like he was their guy, and that they were going to try and make it work, however they could with him. And they shipped him off, and I was just everything coming up to this was like, nah they're not going to trade him. They're not going to trade him. And he was one of the first people and one of the bigger names to get moved during the deadline. And I was just absolutely floored by it. Um, kind of a, kind of a win-win, uh, except for the fact that Chicago, I don't, I mean, the East is bad enough that this could push them, but like, can they get past, you know, the Pacers, the Heat, the Celtics, like, are they better than those teams? Or, or do they expect the Hornets and the Hawks to fall out of – and the Knicks to fall out of, like, the position that they've put themselves in? I don't know if this is going to be enough to do that. Um, so maybe a lot to just try and, like, go all in on a year that they're, they're like, a fringe playoff team.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you hit on a lot of the points. I mean, the Magic are kind of another team – we just talked about the, the Kings and the, the the Pistons. It's like, I'm not sure what direction they're going because to, to me, they've been rebuilding for a while now. And just like, I don't want to say they're doing a bad job rebuilding, but they're just not having any luck with it. And because mm-hmm. like, I feel like they've been, you know, they're drafting the guys that pretty much everybody would agree they should be taking at the spots they're drafting. Right. And they're just not panning out. And yeah, Nick Vukovic, I mean, He's been one of the most underrated players in the league his whole career. Um, yeah. So I really, really like this ad for the Bulls. You compare him with Levine, and like you said, they're two games out of the playoffs right now. Can they squeak in? I think yes, but I, it's it's kind of a gamble, but I think this is more of a longer-term trade for them. Um, I don't see them letting Vukovic go, so... I think this is kind of just another piece for them to like him and Levine that they're now going to continue to build around. Um, mm-hmm. But two first round picks for, for him. I mean, that's a good return for the magic as they continue to rebuild here. And um, I also, I've always really liked Wendell Carter as a player. So um, I think he's a nice a sneaky, good little pickup there as well. He's only 21 still. Um, oh Yeah. He's averaging 11 a game, which isn't great, but like I think there's some potential there still. So again, good for the Magic getting him. And again, uh, he can maybe be part of that rebuild. For sure. Um, Okay, next, uh, the Magic continued to sell. And (laughs) this one I also really liked for the Celtics. Uh, They get Evan Fournier for two second-round picks. Uh, It is a rental, uh, probably, as Fournier is a free agent at the end of the year, but I mean, this is a guy averaging 20 points a game and um, he's kind of what the Celtics need. Um, Well, the Celtics need a big, so he's not at all, but they get another (laughs) guard here that can score and uh, the Celtics are kind of going to, I feel like they're going to be playing a lot of small ball here. Um, Continue, I should say, to be playing a lot of small ball here as um, you know, it'll be pretty much Tatum, Brown and Fournier with the ball in their hands. But, I really like it. This guy's a pure scorer, and to just give up two second-round picks, I think it's a really good move for the Celtics.
1: Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't have to give up more for him. Like even like a down the road first round that's like got like a decent protection on it. Uh, I-, I was surprised that it only took two second-round picks to get him. but that- that's a really solid trade for the Celtics. Yeah. yeah. All right, and then the I believe last Magic trade, but I might be wrong about that. They This was also surprising. They send Aaron Gordon and Gary Clark to Denver for Gary Harris, RJ Hampton, and a protected 2025 first round pick. Um, Hampton's a guy who I like. I I think he's got potential. And so kind of like the Wendell Carter, um, although I would say Hampton's obviously even less proven but kind of like good potential that they get back there in in an attempt to try and build. Um, But yeah, Aaron Gordon, another guy that I was surprised ended up getting moved. I I really hadn't heard too much about it leading up to it. And then all of a sudden it just picked up steam and then he goes to Denver now. And I absolutely love what Denver is doing.
0: Yeah. uh, You hit on most of it there. Um, Hampton, definitely a guy. You can maybe build around as well Aaron Gordon's only 25 so like it was a little surprising like he's still young enough to be part of a rebuild but um yeah I also love what Denver's doing they're really solidifying their rotation uh at the deadline and you know this is a team did that correct me if I'm wrong but they did make the west finals last year right mm-hmm. so I mean they're they've only gotten better um these moves paired with Michael Porter jr having a tremendous season that they're a lot deeper of a team than they were last year. So, um, yeah, we'll see. It'll be a fun playoffs. Um, uh, next I'm going to, so a minor trade, the bulls sent Daniel Gafford and Chandler Hutchinson Hutchison, excuse me, to the wizards for Troy Brown and Moritz Wagner. Um, I don't really have much to say on this other than Moritz Wagner. I remember him with Michigan in the March Madness tournament. He was excellent then. Not so great in the NBA, but excellent then. And that's all I have to say on this.
1: Yeah, I got nothing else. Do you want me to just. Okay, I'll take the next one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, The Kings are uh, sent. Oh, God. uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Nemanja, <laughs> uh, it's it's not it's not pronounced how you think it is. It's not Biolika or whatever. It's isn't it Belicia or something like that. I don't know how they pronounce it. He's the he's the big white guy for the Kings, <laughs> but not anymore. Uh, oh man! And, and wait, did they, does it even say what they gave up? What the, he had to give up? Oh, they sent. Mo Harkless and Chris Silva. My bad. Um, Biolitsa, Biolika, whatever his name is. Um, he was he was having a pretty good year, and he had a ton of trade speculation around him as just a guy that a lot of teams could use as almost like a six man, like one of the first guys off the bench, just big help. Um, this was another guy that i thought the sixers potentially would go after um and yeah not not too much else to say uh w- it, w- like with what miami had to give up and everything like that um, good 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 addition for them i'd say
0: yeah i i agree um and i looked up how to pronounce it while you were talking and uh it's nemenya Bializza.
1: There you go. I knew it was weird, but it's not spelled like that. It's spelled B J E L I C A. So you tell me how that how you get its out of that, and uh, I'll call you a liar.
0: Yes. To your face. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Yeah, uh, I agree. Though it's 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 just a low risk trade for the Heat, and it's a it's a helpful player. They gave up two not so helpful players in return. Yeah. So. Good on them. And then again, the Kings who just bought with Dylan Wright. Now, you know, I don't know. Whatever. Okay. Yep. Uh, next trade, the Sixers got George Hill and Ignas Brasdikis in exchange. Or, sorry, in a this was a three-team deal. So I, I started that terribly. So that's what the Sixers get. The Thunder got Austin Rivers, Tony Bradley, and two second-round picks because they love their draft picks. And then the New York Knicks got Terrence Ferguson and Vincent Poirier, uh, who they then waived. So Terrence Ferguson. Um, this, obviously, the biggest piece of this is uh, George Hill and the draft picks and Austin Rivers. Um, the George Hill move I like for the Sixers. He's a veteran guard um, excellent defender you know he kind of fits what the sixers like in terms of he can space the floor and he can defend and that having that come off the bench i think is going to be really beneficial he can play both guard positions as well which is nice um the thunder getting two more second round picks i think is great for them and uh austin rivers is probably not going to be there long but uh you know Sure. And then the Knicks <laughs> getting Terrence Ferguson. Terrence Ferguson didn't really get any minutes. Uh, so I don't really know. I feel like there is a bit of potential there, but maybe he'll get some minutes in New York and uh, that could turn out to be a good piece for them. But ultimately I like this for the Sixers and the Thunder. And I'm kind of indifferent on what the Knicks did.
1: Yeah. I liked it for, for our, for our Sixers. Um... Again, with the whole leading up to it to kind of set the narrative, it was that the Sixers were like really pushing for Kyle Lowry. And I just knew that the asking price was going to be way too much for what Kyle Lowry is. Mm-hmm. Um, So yeah, I, I was, I was overall pretty happy with this. I didn't love um, the fact that they were giving up Bradley in, in current times because of Embiid still being out. And it just does feel kind of like a blow because Bradley and Howard were actually playing really well together um, for us all, uh like, as a tandem with Embiid out. But for, like, the greater picture, I do really like this trade.
0: Yeah. Well said, yeah.
1: Um, the Raptors, while they didn't trade uh, Kyle Lowry, they did trade Norman Powell to the Portland Trailblazers in exchange for – Derry Trent Jr. and Rodney Hood. Um, I, I didn't really care uh, for this trade too much from like either side. Really, I, I would have thought that the Raptors could have gotten more for Powell, like, and in, in try and get like draft capital. If anything, um, he's having. A fairly good year uh, If I remember correctly I think he would Yeah, he's shooting 44-45% from three Um, And so I would have thought That they would have been able to net more Than Gary Trent Jr. and Rodney Hood Gary Trent Jr. Brett Is that Is that, is that speaking volumes to you? Are you excited about Gary Trent Jr.?
0: That's a household name That's about
1: uh, he did go to Duke, so he's he's in some households, yes. Um, but yeah, I, I wasn't in love with that for, for really either team. Um, I guess from the Trailblazers' standpoint, they are getting a very good shooter, um, so that helps, but kind of just a blot trade.
0: Yeah. um, I actually, I love this for the Blazers because like you said, they really didn't give up anything. And I mean, Neumann Powell's averaging 20 points a game this year and um, you get to add another shooter to, you know, Robert Covington and Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. (laughs) It's, it's good for them. Um, And it's a very tough West. They probably still won't make it past the first round, but you never know. It's also ironic because the Raptors and the Blazers are, playing each other tonight um, right after this trade. So they're literally playing against their former teams the night after the trade. Um, Well, a couple days, but you know what I mean. Um, Ultimately, though, yeah, I like that for the Blazers. Um, Okay, next... uh, I'm going to skip over the draft pick swaps here. Uh, The Jazz got matt thomas from the raptors for a second round pick that was pretty much a roster spot move for toronto uh matt thomas was averaging 2.6 points a game (laughs) he really wasn't doing much uh toronto just got a second round pick not sure why the jazz even wanted him um but yeah i mean that's a nothing trade i don't have anything else to say
1: yeah uh the Hawks and the Clippers swapped Rajon Rondo for Lou Williams. Lou Williams going to the Hawks, Rondo going to the Clippers. Um, this was kind of surprising to me. I didn't really realize that uh, is, is either one of them really better than the other.
0: Um Rondo's I,
1: championship experience.
0: Yeah. Is that and that's what you're trading for? And Lou Williams has had a really down year. Mm-hmm. Um but it's certainly a better score. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's take your pick, really.
1: Yeah. Just kind of a, it was just a, I mean, it was a straight up trade one for the other. And it did really feel like you're just getting, you're, you're not really getting much over the other, uh, really. But yeah, I guess the Clippers looking to get some leadership experience. And Rondo was just on the, uh, the, the Lakers last year when they won the championship, so maybe he maybe he 's got some magic in l a you know
0: yeah that's true and Rondo is a guy that it's weird to me because he always seems like a coveted player yet he 's bouncing around to a new team every year, like nobody wants to keep him around ever at the same time, so like what's the deal with that i don 't get it
1: but- yeah has he has he been with a team? for more I guess he was with the Lakers for 2 years but since Boston I think he's been one and done with almost every single team.
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's Sacramento. Crazy.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, Sacramento, Chicago, New Orleans, Dallas, uh Atlanta and now making a quick pit stop in uh in in
0: Los La- La- LA. Angeles and with the lack yeah yeah play <laughs> c baby yeah um yeah uh okay next uh the raptors made another minor move they sent terrence davis to the kings uh for a second round pick terrence davis is, you know it's a, he's a body out there on the floor definitely will propel the kings to a playoff position as they continue to buy and sell at the same time.
1: This is what I mean. Like, what are they doing?
0: Sacramento Kings have been irrelevant for probably my entire (laughs) life. And this is why. I mean, the only time they were relevant was when they changed their logo. I do love their logo now. It's much better than it was. But, like, that's it. That's it. That's it. it. Joke of a franchise. Anyways. (laughs)
1: Oh, is it me? It's my turn. <laughs> um, the Houston Rockets traded... Oh, this one was a, kind of a heartbreaker uh, for, for some reasons. But uh, the, the Rockets send Victor Oladipo to the Miami Heat, and then the Heat send Avery Bradley, Kelly Olynyk, and 2022 first-round swap rights back to the Rockets. And there was a graphic that showed what the Rockets' aftermath of the James Harden trade is. And boy, oh boy, is it very depressing to look at. Um, Off the top of my head, I think it's three or four first-round picks and then three or four swaps, first-round swaps. Uh, Avery Bradley, Kelly Linick, and there might be another player in that. And it's... uh, Whew depressing uh, to be a to be a Houston fan to say the least.
0: Yeah, and boy do I love this for the heat. I mean,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you're upgrading Avery Bradley to Victor Oladipo and only at the expense really of Kelly Olynyk, who to be fair to Kelly Olynyk, I actually I think he's a pretty solid big, mm-hmm. but holy, I mean, a guy like Victor Oladipo who's having a very good year after his terrible injury year before. Uh, he he's the kind of guy. He's you know he joins a very talented uh, guard group now in Miami, and it's scary. I mean, it's scary. Miami, another team though that's kind of small, much like the Celtics now. Really, the Jones Bam out Bio is the only center on the roster. Um, but I love it. I love their roster when I'm looking at it right now. And I think they're definitely still going to be a threat in the playoffs, despite their position right now in the uh, standings.
1: Yeah, I mean, just what a perfect move, in my opinion. Uh, Everybody thought that they were going to go out and and make the big trade, um, whatever that would be. And so many people, you know, I guess Lowry being probably the guy who would have made the most sense if they were looking for guard help and And basically every trade scenario I saw with the the key landing a big player for them, it saw them losing tyler harrow and so the fact that like they don't they don't have to do that and to bring in a guy with Oladipo's caliber, love it, just absolutely love it perfect trade
0: yeah yeah and and him along with uh b BG, j b BGL- Angelica. I forget how to say it already. but uh, <laughs> Bialica. Two really Bialica?
1: good ads. Bialica. Bial- B- Thank you. <laughs> yeah.
0: Solid. Um, uh, next, another minor move. saw uh, the Warriors trading Marquise Chris uh, and some, some dough, some, some under the table cash there uh, in a three team deal. So they sent that to the Spurs. Uh, they sent Brad Wanamaker to the Hornets, and they got Cody LaLan and some more under-the-table cash back. So, um, boy, how did I dissect this. Um, essentially, to me, they got rid of their two worst players, got another bad player in return, and I'm assuming more money than they gave, but uh, I didn't really get it. You know, it opened a roster spot in the end, so there's that.
1: Not... Yeah, and, and did the Spurs do nothing here? Like, they just said,
0: "Okay, like, sure, we'll take it." Like, yeah, uh, you <laughs> know what? I I think so. I think they literally just were given Martez, Chris, and cash, and they were just like, "Okay, not a bad deal." I'm wondering not if the cash deal. was just cover his his salary. It probably was. maybe his yeah. bonuses or something. Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely a uh definitely something that came by on the ticker and uh just said okay and then moved on.
0: It's an incredibly boring trade, you know? Yeah.
1: Almost as boring as the Boston Celtics trading Daniel Tice to the Bulls for Mo Wagner.
0: Good, good catch with the the Wagner there. Good oh, job. Yeah,
1: you can't you can't come on. Come on. <laughs> Can't trip can't me sneak up. Anything
0: by you? Uh,
1: so, but yeah, so the you know uh, doofy white guy, uh, or well, a very annoying white guy for doofy white guy uh, is what the Celtics have done here, and um, you know it's only a matter of time until Mo Wagner gets the uh, the Boston way and uh, understands how to bitch after every fucking thing that happens on the court, and he'll just be Daniel Tice two point So good stuff.
0: Yeah. I love this because god I do I hate Daniel Tice. Oh my god, so much. You want to talk about a bitch boy? I mean, holy shit. <laughs> he is the definition. So, I was thrilled to see him leave and the Bulls uh he joins Nick Vukovic there. So, he'll back up Vukovic in that uh Bulls uh uh Team. <laughs> All right. Um yeah. Yeah, whatever they're so, there. What, yeah, whatever's going on in Chicago, who knows? Um, next we had a move I loved for the Dallas Mavericks. They acquired JJ Redick and Nicolo Meli. Uh, in exchange for James Johnson Wes Iwandu and a second love this for damn boys in big d they get a really <laughs> a really nice shooter who's having a bad year but i don't care uh come playoff time this is a man who up until what was it last year had made the playoffs every single year of his career um i believe that's accurate yeah he missed with the pelicans last year um come playoff time he's gonna be great uh you know for a great body out there for uh what's his face? Um um Luca to uh dish out to to nail some threes. I love those.
1: Yeah, I love JJ. I would I would take a bullet for that man. That's all I have to I say. I don't know about that, but... uh no, it is a it is a really good move for Dallas. Um yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think that is it for trades, and then we get into the buyout market. So we had two. Uh, the main thing, two big ones. The main thing to come from the trade deadline is that Kyle Lowry did not get traded. Uh, so, you know, death taxes and uh, another trade deadline going by with rumors of Kyle Lowry ain't traded and him inevitably staying in Toronto. That's how it
0: works. And Lonzo okay. Ball.
1: As well. And Lonzo was another big one. Lonzo was probably the one that I was more surprised about at the end of the day, like Kyle Lowry staying put doesn't surprise me, but um, yeah, I, I was more surprised about Lonzo. Cause I did think that had a lot of steam behind it. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, situations where teams tried and were unable. And so we get the buyouts and Marcus Aldridge completed a buyout with the Spurs for 5.8 million, so he effectively became a free agent. And uh, what what are your thoughts on Aldridge? You know, as a basketball player,
0: <laughs> um, he used to be yes, uh, very okay. underrated, uh, and in my mind, elite. But uh, what do I think of him now? I think he is just another guy that can score but can't play defense. Uh, so the Nets are kind of acquiring a lot of that. And um, he kind of fits the team in that way. But I, it doesn't scare me. It doesn't make me think the Nets are that much better. Because um, I'm assuming that was your next question. So I'll just answer that now. Yeah. Uh, yeah no, I I don't think they're much better with this, to be honest.
1: Yeah. um, He is a seven-time All-Star, and the past, honestly, just this year in general, and and some of last year, it just really was, to me, Just he's just not the same player anymore. So, yeah, uh, I, I agree. I don't really think... the i don't think him going to the nets worries me too much the thing that i think frustrates me is that the nets have been able to manipulate the 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 market and everything that their team is now Kyrie KD James Harden um James Harden who's having an MVP caliber season now um LaMarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin, you have five guys who, like whether you want to admit it or not, are coveted. Just you know, from from their skill level to the contracts that they have warranted in the past, and yeah, I saw so many people bring it up that we are really not that far removed from the uh, from the Chris Paul trade being declined by the league yet stuff like this is allowed to happen and it's just like mm-hmm. i i get that like it's it's a little different because i get that aldridge and blake griffin aren't you know they aren't mvp front runners or something like that that work a buyout and then sign for a vet minimum but i do think that there's something that should be done that like I don't know. I think the buyout market is really bad and I think something needs to be done to fix it to avoid stuff like this happening because when you already have a super team, yeah, guys are just going to go there and say they're just going to throw in the towel and say fuck it and like I don't know. I don't know how you fix it. I don't know if you have players forfeit more of their contract in buyouts. Uh, I don't know if you have it that um almost like with MLB, where after a certain date, you're no longer playoff eligible. uh, So it makes it more uh, important for an actual trade to be done. I don't know how they do it, but that is something that's really frustrating to me because then the other one is that Andre Drummond also worked a buyout with the Cleveland Cavaliers and has since signed with the Lakers. Mhm. And that's just I don't know, yeah. it's just frustrating. It's just frustrating that you can so easily because in 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 a regular off season, the Nets would not have been able to sign these five players. It, it would have been absolutely impossible unless they would have actually taken vet men to play on the team. And I, I I guess they they could and potentially would do that because Kevin Durant did that, he didn't take a vet men, but he did take a lesser contract to sign with the Warriors, so
0: yeah. Um, <laughs> the whole buyout thing is—it's—it's it's interesting, right? Because it's not unfair and it's not illegal. It's just something that feels wrong, right? Like, it's like when you go into a store. And you leave without buying anything, and you gotta walk like, like in Walmart's <laughs> now you can't just leave you have to walk like past the self checkouts and you have like the self checkout monitors that just like stare at you. It feels wrong doing that, but it's completely legal. Mm-hmm. Like you are allowed to just leave a store without buying anything. Um, it's just like you're allowed to sign a guy who agreed to a buyout with his team, but yeah i mean at the same time it does feel wrong uh so it's it's unique um i don't know of other i i know i think this is a thing in every other sport but like it, it doesn't feel like it happens as often in any of the other sports than it does in in the nba um but yeah the the Andre Drummond one to talk about that for a second that one does scare me a bit because Andre Drummond uh can still ball in my mind and um he is just an animal on the glass and uh he's really going to help that Lakers team in my opinion. Um that one I'm more afraid of than the Aldridge for sure. Yeah. and, and
1: to talk about the Drummond one, the thing that that I will say, you know, as a Sixers fan, the positive is, uh, you know, to any other Sixers fans listening, Vic, if you're listening to this, the positive is that when the Sixers and... Because the, the Sixers are still making the finals. They can still roll through the Nets. I'm not worried about it. Um, when the Sixers make the finals against the the Lakers, <laughs> this is beautiful because Joel Embiid absolutely has Andre Drummond's number. Uh, I have never seen in my lifetime, a player be able to just, just know the ins and outs of another player. Like, Joel Embiid knows how to get under Andre Drummond's skin, and I just fucking love it every time they play against each other. And so, yeah, I'm not too worried about it. Um, but, yeah, it it does greatly increase the Lakers' odds. And you're right, what you said about how it's not illegal, it just feels wrong and stuff like that. You're You're absolutely right, because no matter what when the buyout market happens guys go to contenders so right i mean it, it like it's bound to happen it's just i think something should be done because the buyout market is just it's just too easy you know and i think there should be there should be some sort of like repercussion to having to go through the buyout market to get to the position you want to get to, or whatever, um, as a player, like it should be done through a trade. You know, there's a reason why Aldridge didn't get traded to the Nets because it wouldn't right. have, it wouldn't have been they, able to absolutely. happen. Yeah, right. So I, I don't know. That's why I think something should be done there. But regardless, that's the current landscape of the NBA.
0: Yeah. And it's going to be interesting as well because Andre Drummond now joins Marcus Saul and Montrez Harrell as the centers on that team. Uh, Montrez Harrell has had a very good season. Mm -hmm. Marcus Saul has not at all, um, as he is very old now. But um, it's going to be interesting to kind of see how they divvy up the minutes because I remember in the playoffs last year, too, Anthony Davis also got minutes at center. so that's that's a lot of big boys now in, in LA. They're gonna have to find a way to like make happy. Um, although I'm assuming Drummond, you know, is kind of expecting to not necessarily play a ton. He's more so joined the Lakers for the opportunity to win. Um although he did leave Cleveland, the reason he wanted a buyout is because when Cleveland traded for Jared Allen, uh Andre Drummond stopped getting minutes really. So Makes me think he does want to play. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to me to see how they kind of divvy that up. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, Andre Drummond, in my mind, is their best center now. Um, so I think he should start, but that's just me. I'm, but...
1: I mean, I would assume he starts over Gasol. And I honestly think Harold moves up to uh, still the number two. Like, I know Harold typically was coming off the bench for them, but. I yeah. think that's just because that's like kind of the player that he is. I don't know. You know, there's always those weird right. guys who like just for whatever reason
0: play better off the bench. Oh, I agree. Yeah, that's definitely Harold. Um, so yeah, you're seeing he mostly just replaces Marcus Saul, and Gasol will stop getting minutes now.
1: I would hope. I would hope that's what they decide to do. We'll see.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's been so bad, Marcus Saul, but, um. Andre Drummond will be a free agent, uh, as will Aldridge this summer. So we'll kind of see what happens with that. Um, And that, I think, I think that, uh, I think that wraps it up.
1: Yeah. Um, Real quick, did you have a particular favorite trade?
0: Oh, I, like I mentioned, I, I really liked the, I'm gonna say two. Um, well, I'll say one first, then you can go. Then I'll it's, say my other. But it's like your. I really did like. <laughs> I do have an upset of the week as well, <laughs> just one, which we'll get to. But um, yeah, I really liked the Oladipo to the Heat. I just, I, I think, like I said, that he didn't really need a guard, but I just really think that's it. the most impactful player that got moved. Um. So, I really did like that one. Okay.
1: Yeah. I like that one too. I think my favorite, because it was the one that caught me off guard the most, was the Aaron Gordon to the Nuggets. And I also Mm -hmm. just like that trade for the Nuggets as well. Um, But those were, those were easily my top two.
0: What was your other one? Okay. Yeah, the other one I really liked was the uh Evan Fournier to the Celtics. Um Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And he's just a guy that just he's just a pure scorer. Uh And again, not a positional need, but you know, Brad Stevens I guess will work some small ball magic and uh or just start playing Taco Fall. We'll see. Mm-hmm. But uh I mean, the dude's seven five and three eleven pounds he can he should get some minutes kind of see how that happens, but yeah, I really liked that Fournier is a really good ad for just two second round picks
1: four sure i was i the last thing I'll say is I was surprised that the bucks were so silent mm-hmm. didn't didn't see anything big, small, or otherwise from them really,
0: so yeah, that was that was a little surprising. Um I, I guess they just feel like they didn't need to mm-hmm. do anything. Um but it was it was definitely interesting. Honestly, none of the top teams in the East, I mean the Nets got Aldridge in a buyout and the Celtics got Fournier. But other than that, I mean they really did do a ton. Um it's more so like those fringe playoff teams in the East that kinda did a lot. Mm-hmm. Weird times, but... Weird times, indeed. Uh, that'll bring us to the upset of the week. Um, I kind of... I had to think about this one, because, to be honest, there wasn't as many upsets this week as I was anticipating. Um, so, <laughs> I, I know we joked last week that I would have, like, 20, but uh, yeah, I actually do only have one. And that would be the Saint Cloud State Huskies topping Boston College today. Boston College was the second overall seed in the Frozen Four tournament, men's hockey, um, and they they knocked them off four to one convincingly, convincingly. Spencer to make it to the Frozen Four, which is just their second Frozen Four appearance. Um, so congratulations to St. Cloud State. And again, they will face either Minnesota State or Minnesota as that game is still going on in the Frozen Four. And that's it. That's all I got.
1: Damn. You should be happy. Eh, I'm indifferent.
0: (laughs) Um. Yeah. And, uh, I think that's it. Spencer, I had my fantasy baseball draft today. Oh. Yeah, I uh, I think I did okay. I got Ronald. So I had the sixth overall pick. I got Ronald Acuna.
1: Okay, I like that.
0: I like that. So our outfield is Ronald Acuna, George Springer, and Nelson Cruz. Um, We got Trey Turner at short. We got Brandon Lowe at second. We got Pete Alonzo at first. Will Smith at catcher and Brian Hayes at third. Okay. Okay. Decent, right? Not great, but decent. Let me tell you who I love that you have: Mm -hmm. Trey Turner. What a player! Yeah, what a guy. Yeah, I saw he hit three thirty-five last year, so I was like, you know what, that's good enough for me. Yeah, lots of too. Every base is a point, so I was like, sure, you know. Um, um, And then the rotation. Our rotation's looking like Aaron Nola, uh, Chris Paddock. Jose Bellios, Diddleson Lamette, and Marcus Stroman. Okay. Okay. I feel like I feel like I didn't do that great because you're like you're not reacting very excited.
1: I don't love it, but also I don't <laughs> know.
0: <laughs> I love the honestly.
1: I don't know what like your other you know, I just don't know what your options were. Um Nola and Paddock, certainly. I uh, like those two. Um and then the other three. Uh you know, I feel like you could have gotten a better one. But that, again, I, I don't know. I, I didn't draft a team, so
0: <laughs> and then I have Jordan Hicks as my closer. Well reliever, I should say. Should get a lot of strikeouts, okay. Uh Peter Fairbanks on Tampa, who I'd never heard of, but he was projected a lot of points. And then uh Freddie Peralta. That's that's my bullpen.
1: Okay, I like Hicks and I like Fairbanks. Um Freddie Peralta. I don't know about him.
0: He's on Milwaukee, yeah. I, I'd never heard of him either, but <laughs> when you get to the relievers, that's where I like I'm just not good like I don't know them too well. But yeah. That's the squad. It's an eight team league. Um so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I did I made the championship last year and lost. But I made the championship, so we'll see. There you go. But anyways, uh we'll wrap this up. Victor would be mad right now. <laughs> He'd be like, guys, let's 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 <laughs> we're approaching an hour. Oh shit. Um, yeah, that's it.